Welcome to The Defiant Podcast. Each week, we sit with those defying traditional finance and legacy institutions, the biggest brains and biggest names, and also those making a quieter but profound impact, the founders, investors, and creators of decentralized finance and Web3. You'll hear from them right here and get the scoop on how they're building at the frontier. I'm your host, Defiant founder, Camila Russo, putting this new world within your reach. Welcome, Adriana, to the Defiant Podcast. It's great to have you here. Thank you, Camila. It's a pleasure. Adriana Hovenbrauer Pereira is the co-founder and CMO of The Fabricant, a digital fashion house for the metaverse founded in 2018. Their belief is that fashion is identity, and digital fashion is simply an extension of the digital identity we're building in Web3. So what's the founding story behind The Fabricant? And how does a fashion house even work in a world where no actual sewing is involved? DYDX, the Decentralized Derivatives Exchange, is on a mission to build the world's leading crypto trading platform. To further this mission, the team is now developing the next version of the protocol, V4. DYDX V4 is planned to launch at the end of 2022, and it will be open source, fully decentralized, and entirely controlled by the community. To help power this next step, DYDX has launched a grants program with funding allocated to open source builders, contributors, and ecosystem integrations. Come build the future of decentralized trading at DYDX Grants. Maybe it's worth taking a few steps back and, and the Fabricant started in 2018. And we are three founders, uh, Amber, who is the creative director and comes from a fashion background. Kerry Murphy, who is a digital technologist, very much from a visual effects background. And I come from traditional fashion retail, so more from the business and marketing angle. And the three of us came together and we had this, since 2018, this very strong belief that there was a space for digital only fashion. And the reason for the belief is because fashion is all about identity and identity is all about creating your social connections. And if we are developing our identity and social connections online, why shouldn't fashion be only digital? And back then, the metaverse world was not out there. NFTs didn't, didn't exist in the public domain, of course. When we approached the, especially the fashion industry with this proposition, it was really hard for them to understand. And, and we, for, for two years, we we're actually working really close with fashion brands to bring them into the digital space, mostly using immersive technologies. And then somewhere in 2019, we met uh, with the team of Dapper Labs. And they were those guys uh, back then doing CryptoKitties. And it was for us like really such a, an eye-opener to learn about NFTs, to learn about blockchain, and to actually bring that into our own roadmap. And we, together with Dapper, we launched the first uh, digital address, which was sold back then for 45 ETH which of course today is humongous, back then was $10,000, but we still were, we were all very impressed that we could sell it. And, and basically that, that vision of a digital-only space, a digital-only fashion was actually true and people were willing to pay for it, which allows us to build the confidence to really create uh, a product-based uh, business, which is a platform we call the Fabricant Studio, where basically anybody can create digital fashion NFTs and then wear it in the metaverse and trade them in the platform. That's where we are today. And what is exciting about it is that for us, 
our big mission is to develop and nurture and lead this new fashion industry, which again is digital only. And we believe if we have a digital only industry, it can be more sustainable, it can be more equitable, and it can be more creative. And we want to do it in a decentralized way. So when we call ourselves a digital fashion house, it is really very much about creating the new labels for the metaverse helping those new labels to exist, creating a full ecosystem that uh, is there to provide fashion to the metaverse so all of us can explore our identities in completely new ways. That, that's so interesting that you started in digital fashion outside of crypto in back in 2018, and you understood that our world are online, our identities are online, and so in the same way that we express ourselves in the physical world, it makes sense that we'll want to express ourselves in, in the digital online world. And when you saw crypto and NFTs and Dapper Labs with CryptoKitties, why do you think it was actually uh, blockchain technology and crypto what moved the, the initial concept forward? Like, what, what specifically is it uh, about crypto that kind of enables this vision for digital fashion? Yeah, so that's a really good question because the vision has always been lead a new industry of digital-only clothing, right? I think the shift that crypto allowed and blockchain allowed is, is we, are, we are not in the leading position, we are in the enabling position. It really allows us to, instead of using the old model of uh, what a fashion house is in the physical world, is you just have a lot of designers, you create all your labels and it's all centrally owned. Right, so let's call LVMH. That's the model. They have a lot of labels. They are all centrally owned by the LVMH group, yeah. uh, and all the designers are hired. And I think what uh, blockchain enabled us was to actually make our vision much bigger and much more groundbreaking because we don't need to own all of that. We want to actually nurture creators to be able to create their own label mm-hmm. and involve their fans in doing so. So. When we talk, we talk a lot about we are creating the wardrobe of the metaverse. Now, if we believe in what the metaverse will be with billions of people, if we believe the metaverse will allow us to actually change our identity several times a day, much more fast than we change clothes, right? Physical clothes. And if every year 80 billion clothes, physical clothes are created, imagine what it's going to be when we're all going to express our identities digitally, right? It's going to be trillions of clothes. Mm. Now, there is no one single entity that will be able to create this volume. And that is, uh, that is what blockchain brought to us. Like, amazing. We actually don't need to be doing it. What we can do is we can enable creators to actually create their brand, launch their brand, publish their brands in the metaverse, and co-create with the fans, expanding this kind of exponentially, the availability of fashion, the availability of styles, the availability of economical value as well for the entire community. So is it the Fabricant provides the platform for designers and, and creators to, to use that platform and, and create their, their own uh, fashion uh, pieces and, and lines? It's not like the Fabricant is designing all, all of these pieces. It's it's providing kind of tools for creators to do that. Is that right? Absolutely. Mm. Tools for creators and, and also anybody can participate because the heart of the experience is a co-creation tool where 
I can come in and I'm not a creator, I'm not a designer, mm -hmm. and I can I can still have the same experience of designing and owning the NFT and sharing the royalties with all the parties involved. Uh, that is what the studio enables. Next to the studio, we have the Fabricant Academy, which is we had also from the very beginning, 2018, we already had the academy. We just didn't call it out as academy, but we gave away files. We we're going to do, we we're doing Twitch streams showing how we design things mm. because we really believe about sharing the knowledge and we collaborate a lot of with universities as well. So now we formalize the needs to actually create and form professionals through the academy. Uh, we have our own label. We still do our own things because we are creators and we want to be part of the community. But it's not only us, to your point. Anybody can be part of it. And I think that is the power of, of the fabricant and what we're bringing. What does, how does ownership play a part of this? Because I think that's, that's kind of the, the key innovation that NFTs and, and crypto brings to, to Web2 to web or like to the internet, right? Like the ability to actually own a digital file and prove that ownership. Yeah, so I, I believe that there are two elements that are really different than traditional fashion. One, again, anybody can become a creator of fashion. The, the barriers of entry are much lower and, and the value is equalized. So I think that is super beautiful. The, the kids that is in the production line in Bangladesh doesn't earn what you buy as a T-shirt. But right now it can earn because anybody can be a creator and set up their own label. The other side is what we figured out was the royalty model, this, this, this very intentionally development of the contract whereby when I'm customizing an item that, uh, for example, the fabricant created and I'm a fan of the fabricant and I customize the item, that item is mine and I am also taking part in the royalty distribution. Mm -hmm. So the royalty is distributed equally between The fabricant, who is the garment creator, we have what we call material creators. So we have a range of materials that I can choose from to customize. And myself and these three entities are sharing the royalties equally. So it's place really changed the value model of physicality where I buy a, an item. I'm, a, I'm, I'm consumer. I'm a consumer of an item. And I hate this word and we don't use this word in the fabricants because we are moving from the post-consumer error into we are all owners and creators and participants. Mm. So I like to use the word participants into fashion rather than consumers of fashion. When I consume an item, it's it's money given and it's disposable. The value goes to the brand. Within our ecosystem, when you participate, the value flows back to you. How? How do if, if I buy you mean if I buy a digital garment to use in my digital avatar? How will that value flow back to me? Yeah, two ways. One is if you customize the item, right? Mm. Then you're part of the royalty contract of mm. that item. And as it gets resold, you are treated as a creator, right? Different than buying an NFT right now. I buy an NFT, I can flip it and I make the profit of the sale. But the royalties go to the original creator. In our model, you keep actually earning the royalties as the item gets resold over time. The other part of it is it's just like a normal NFT. It's your garment. It's part of your wardrobe. And you can still decide to resell it and make profits out of it. Got it. That's so interesting. So, for example, I'm thinking about these. I think it was like Zara jeans I bought and I like cut like holes into them. 
so I modified my garment. So it would be like if if I if, if once I modify it, I I take part of the creation process. In the digital world, I I can earn royalties for for actually participating in, in the creation of an, a new garment from from the original piece. Yeah. And I, and I love the metaphor of, the, of the, the Zara jean because actually you put your creativity on it, mm -hmm. right? And uh, therefore you're creative and therefore you can, when you resell it, you're, part of, you're treated as a creator and, uh, and the creative community expands and that's what we love about it. And at the end of the day, the physical garments will have much more liquidity, uh, the digital garments will have much more liquidity than a physical one. Yes, there is a lot of uh, promotion of uh, selling and buying secondhand items, but it's still a very small percentage of the physical industry. Why in the digital world, I think the liquidity is going to be much higher and the trading is much easier. So that will enable people to truly monetize, monetize their creations. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. Before we get further into digital fashion and, and the fabricant, I'd love to learn more about you. Like what's, what's your background and what, what led you to the space? Yeah, my background is in fashion and retail. Mm -hmm. I only worked for really large corporations before the fabricant. So it's my first startup. And yeah, I was, I was a bit uh, maybe disappointed of, or getting to a point that large corporations are not feeding my personal purpose anymore. Mm -hmm. And I was really looking for something disruptive, built on technology, and that would give back to society. And I felt that especially in the model of fashion and retail, there was a lot to gain. So that's that old consumer-led model that you need to keep pushing new things didn't feel quite right for me anymore. Mm. And, and I guess I knew Carrie from a long time. We studied together. So we, we were always in touch. And uh, Carrie knew Amber. And basically, yeah, we were brought together with uh, very, three, very three different backgrounds, but therefore very complementary. And all three of us uh, just passionate about creating disruption in fashion and creating something that is more sustainable, that is more creative, and that is more equitable. And that's what we set ourselves to do and are still doing. Very cool. One of the fundamental links between digital fashion and crypto is the metaverse. But everyone has their own idea of what the metaverse actually is. For some, it's about ownership, while for others, it's about virtual reality. So how does Adriana and the fabricant define the metaverse? And what's their long-term vision for it? Check out Oasis Network, one of the fastest growing layer one blockchains. Oasis aims to offer improved privacy and scalability compared to other existing blockchains. They have a $235 million ecosystem fund to help projects build on the network and is supported by investors including Pantera, Finance Labs, Dragonfly, and Electric Capital. DeFi on Oasis offers close to zero gas fees, high throughput, and has surpassed $250 million in TVL in a few months. Some of Oasis' DeFi projects include Dex's YuzuSwap and GemKeeper and Fountain Protocol, a cross-chain lending platform. Visit oasisprotocol.org to learn more. I often get to ask it as well <laughs> in birthday parties, <laughs> even to explain what we are doing. Yeah. I kind of, what I say and resonates with me is, uh, I think it's the, it's the third evolution of the web. And, and there are two elements. One is, is the evolution of media. And the second element is the evolution of, of ownership, right? And uh, when it comes to media, it's very easy for people to grasp. Like when web was launched, it was mainly text, was very functional. And then uh, it evolved into text and images. Then uh, the social media 
face, the Web2 face came in and become really relational. We, we can't live without it anymore. And it evolved uh, from text pictures to videos, right? And uh, the next uh, wave is going to be immersive media. And uh, it is going to be really built all into the gaming engine uh, technology. Mm. And that is, that is very easy to grasp. Yeah, it makes sense. We're already using AI filtered part of it. But that whole immersive piece uh, as a media evolution will be revolutionary in, in its own. But next to that, what makes it most exciting is, again, the backbone of blockchain. And I think before the web, we felt that our information was ours and maybe government had access to that. But before we knew, our information belonged to other people and, and they were monetizing on our information without us even uh, realizing. Or I think it's reached the point now that we accept because it's the service that we are getting, but equally there is nobody else challenging that service. So I, I mm -hmm. need to give in order to get, right? Which is the social lock of Facebook and the whole Web2 ecosystem. And, I, and what I see is that blockchain will allow us to unlock that, that prison. And uh, for one side, and we will allow us to define what is the value of our data. And the, the example I typically use is I make a picture of a, of a dish and I tag a restaurant on Instagram. I'm a photographer, I'm a content creator, but who is making money is Instagram. Mm. In the Web3 environment, I can still do the same thing. I'll tag that picture and yes, Instagram, if you want to use it, you need to deposit this on my wallet. Mm -hmm. Right? And I think that is going to be one extremely empowering but it's going to be very educational for people to understand their value, their value as human beings, their creative value put out there. And it's going to change the dynamics of power. And it's going to allow also, I think, the current dynamics of power to be changed because they can be built in decentralized ways, right? They can be built as DAOs, they can be built as cooperatives, they can be built as uh, individual artists uh, that actually can reach their, their friendship base and generate value and create value together. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm super excited about that part. Yeah, I 100% I agree that the exciting part about Web2 is that the infrastructure of the internet is changing and including this value layer to it where people can have ownership of, of their data and their assets uh, for the first time, uh, like before digital data and, and assets were, were really hard to actually own. But crypto enables this for the first time. I, I think I think that's just like a very revolutionary aspect uh, of Web three. But wondering about like the, the the metaverse aspect because it's it's besides kind of this ownership aspect, it's also represented as this kind of space that is requires like VR headsets, yeah, virtual reality worlds, these like avatars and. Do you, do you see it that way? Do, do you think that our experience online is, is headed to these virtual realities and like headsets and I don't know, AI? And is that where we're going? Like, where do you see that? Well, I see, and, and that has been part of also like our thesis from, from day one, is that there'll come a day when we're going to want only own one piece of this clothes, which is to protect our body. And our digital wardrobe is going to be vast, very vast. And the way we're going to experience it is that that reality is fully full augmented reality is going to be beamed on our bodies. So just like we have Wi-Fi everywhere now, mm -hmm. imagine that there'll be a moment that uh, the, I guess the 
web connection, the, the, the mobile connection is going to be powerful enough for us to beam new realities on top of our physical reality. And then this distinction between physical and digital is not going to be as abrupt as it is right now. Mm-hmm. And if anything, our lives are going to be enhanced. Uh, so at that moment, not only fashion will be augmented, but objects are going to be augmented. Nature is going to be augmented. And we're going to create really magic world, worlds out there. And it's going to be fascinating. We are building a business for that. Mm-hmm. We're building a business for a moment where our digital wardrobe is going to be our now, there will be a path to get there, for sure. And I think the first steps to get there, which, which will enable bridging a lot of what we call now Web 2 and 3, is AR filters. I think we already see them evolving, getting better. And we actually are offering our NFTs with AR filter. In, in, it's probably going to start in August, where you can buy NFTs that have AR filter allocated to them, and you can actually wear your digital items in in a Zoom call. Oh, cool. So there is, I think, that step, and then there is the steps that are coming parallel to that, which are indeed these these spaces, these 3D spaces, and I think the most well-known is the Central Land, Mm. Sandbox, Spatial, and there are so many others. We are in touch every week with new spaces that are coming. And I think they have validity to exist, and they are a good bridge from where we are, where we are going. You don't need a glass to be in but you are in an environment that you're meeting up and you're controlling the space, you're directing the space, right? It feels like a game, mm-hmm. a game environment. I do feel that there will be premium experiences where you're going to start wearing uh, glasses very soon. And I also think that those glasses are going to evolve technology-wise to be super light, super lightweight, that are going to allow for mass adoption. I'm completely confident about it because if you just look at the, the evolution of technology from mobile phones, which used to be like suitcases, mm-hmm. to what we have right now, right? It indicates that the same is going to happen with those VR glasses or augmented reality glasses. And they will reach both from a price point of view as much from aesthetics and, and easy to use mass adoption. Whether they're going to be used in the context of daily life, I don't know, but I can totally see them used in the context of professional life. Like I can totally see doctors uh, being, you know, aided by glasses that uh, help them to do their work and surgeries. And I can totally see that. I don't know if they're going to be appealing enough for our everyday use. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was talking the other day with, uh, with a company that's actually working on contact lenses, which is even which mm-hmm. is amazing. It's absolutely going to get there. We are, and we are absolutely convinced about it. It's going to be a path, and and a lot of this is defined by technology that's beyond our control, we are absolutely right for the next step, which is what we call metaverse publishing. Mm. And as I said, we have AR, we have relationships with the central land and sandbox. So the way we work right now at the end of every campaign, because we are hosting campaigns, we have a fashion show uh, with the items created by the users. And uh, the last fashion fashion show is in the central land. And uh, our items, which are very high definition, we mapped them back into the Decentraland look and feel, and we created what we call digital twins with the Decentraland uh, look and feel and form. And you could wear your items in the metaverse, in the metaverse situation. Okay, so let me let me see if I can summarize the the like evolution of this vision. So, I guess like for today today's use, what is the things that like. AR uh, enhancements, like maybe these filters that 
that you can overlay in in like video calls. Maybe that's like a use case that anyone could understand and use right now. I think that, that'd be really cool. Like I'd like to do that. Then I guess like next step and, and maybe in parallel with that use case is more like the virtual reality use case that we're seeing in kind of Decentraland and crypto bot sales and Somnium and all these spaces where you don't really need a like a headset or anything even. You, you can just like log in to on your web browser and go into these uh, virtual reality worlds and it does feel like a game and you have your avatar and then these fashion pieces can be worn in that setting. And right now it's the, the use of those or like the interaction in those worlds is, is pretty limited. I think it's like people go in as like a curiosity and like checking things out, but I don't see people actually experimenting and living much of their lives there. Do you see the tech evolving into a place where people are just like doing more of their social meetings or work meetings in those VR worlds? So I'll tell you what I think. Right now, they're very much event-driven, mm -hmm. right? You go there for an experience, you get out. Mm -hmm. Because there is, to your point, not much going on. Mm -hmm. Their ability to engage creators to create experiences and games is what's going to define the success as well. Mm -hmm. Just take Roblox as an example. It's a very successful metaverse, you could say. Or Fortnite is a very successful metaverse. Mm. People go there, they experience, they, they do things together, and they come back, right? In a very gamified way, but they come back. And I think what I expect is that the central and the Somnium and the Sandbox, they are going to operate on the same principles. And there will be a, a reason for you to return because it's fun, because it's entertaining, because maybe you get uh, loyalty tokens for that and you can use and buy stuff. So I can totally see that evolving, and, and it's already evolving. If, you're, if I look at the Central Land alone, which is a team we talk very often and work together, the amount of events that they're putting out is, is absolutely increasing. Mm. In the Fashion Week, they were able to bring 40,000 people into the Fashion Week to experience it, which is a really big number for a blockchain experience right now. Uh, so I think they're all going to evolve. The getting into a work situation, like moving from, from Zoom calls to meet each other, I think it will also get there. But the, the experience needs to evolve to more, oh, we just hang out with our that's sitting on the couch. But one thing that I miss the most is like whiteboard sessions, really picking up post-its from the wall. And some software, does a, they do a good job, but I, I really miss just like standing up, picking up stuff, circling with the pen. And when we get there, I'm totally convinced that we're going to have 3D offices, that we're going to meet up. I'm waiting for that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, that'd be and cool. again, you want to be dressed for that, right? And, and that's what I think. Though You're going to be dressed just like in normal life for different situations differently. Mm -hmm. You're going to adopt different ideas. You're going to have even more than one avatar, I'm convinced. You're going to have one to play, one to hang out, one to work, and you're going to be changing it. And uh, and that is going to be a much more fashion is going to be again back to something fun to play with. Nice. Okay, and then to finish kind of the, the evolution, that's the VR uh, world, and then your like super futuristic vision, uh, which I I love like it's so out there. Uh, is this vision with like the the very kind of m more minimalist glasses where 
actual kind of physical reality is augmented. It's, so you're you're not logging into a specific like virtual reality world. Like you're in your own space, but that is being modified and and augmented. Is that kind of how you, right. you, you see it? Back, I think it, no. I think actually it's beyond your own space. You're walking on the streets and you're actually having your reality augmented. A lot of things that that are now physical and static are already being augmented through technology. Think about traffic signs. Depending on the road traffic, you're going to get traffic signs that change through through digital posting. Imagine that that is instead of being a physical post that change through digital technology, it's just going to be beamed, and you're going to have yeah signs on the street that are beamed to orient you to to, to drive or walk, mm. and you're going to have also uh, new types of flowers emerging from the ground, mm. uh, as you're going to have new pieces of clothes that you can change. Any time in the day. That's so interesting. And you're seeing this technology is already being worked on? I think there is a lot of holographic technology, people working on, on really long, long timelines. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of haptic technology as well. So again, create texture and special fashion that's strange that you don't need to touch something to feel it. I do expect that that will come much later because it's dependent on not only having the hardware, but having the software and having also the Let's call it the mobile internet power to be able for those things to happen. But at small scale, there are a lot of people playing with uh, augmented realities. Very cool. The Fabricant is one of the most prolific digital garment creators in the market. But are these garments actually being used? Also, with a multitude of competing metaverses, is it possible for our digital wardrobe to be compatible with all the different chains and virtual worlds? Liquidation-free, long-term leverage tokens. That's what's coming fresh out of TracerDAO's perpetual pools. Deployed on Arbitrum, you can take long or short positions with leverage to trade anything. Commodities, crypto, equities, even NFTs. Dive into perpetual pools at tracer.finance. You can also learn more about this release with The Voyage, a week-by-week journey to earn TCR rewards. Head over to tracer.finance today and take a look for yourself. Yeah, so right now you can find the, all the all the garments that exist uh, from the fabricant and uh, and the co-creators in the fabricant studio, the fabricant dot studio. And uh, once you're there, you can be part of the co-creation campaigns, mm-hmm. so the happiness campaigns that typically last one week at maximum. So you can be a co-creator, then you receive a very high quality rendering as an NFT, and that NFT can allow you to have a wearable. And right now we we're doing we did the first seasons with wearables in the central land and sandbox, mm-hmm. and they will give them to some owners. But we are scaling that possibility to really allow for everybody to have before the end of the year at least one wearable. Call it one wearable utility is a bit of the jargon of the industry right now, but at least one wearable that you can truly be able to not only have the NFT but wear it either through or in the central land or in another metaverse experience and. For us, is the next six months is really important as a, as a building phase for that pipeline because creating the wearables has two, two technical challenges. One is translating them in the different languages of the metaverse, right? So sandbox is super, super pixelated, the central and slow poly. You have other ones that are on the real engine that are more, more defined. And we build everything in the highest definition, like our designers are true fashion designers. There's huge amount of details that needs to be creatively translated. And second is the, the blockchain. We built our product on Flow, 
option because it's the most sustainable uh, chain out there. And also we felt it was safe and was fast and fit to our roadmap. A lot of the users right now and NFT buyers, as we know, in Ethereum. So we need to make sure that also, and the world as well, both the Centralands and Sandbox, as an example, are built on Ethereum-based. So we need to make sure that those items are dropped into non-flow wallets. And right now we're gifting them, but we want to make sure that they, they are gifted and they remain part of the ownership package of the creators and that everything is done in a seamless way, right? So our tech team is working relentlessly uh, for the next months to really make that a kind of multi-wallet experience, or whatever we want to call it, cross-chain experience, really top-notch, to allow us to then scale up, to scale for, for the what I call the wearing publishing. So it, it's, it sounds like a big task to... Each garment needs to be compatible with different blockchains, but also different different worlds. Like you have your original garment, but it needs to be translated to Decentraland, Sandbox, and, and so on. So it's, you need to create many different versions uh, of the same item for people to actually be able to enjoy it and like all the, their different like in ways they interact. Correct. So interesting. And... Uh, Right now, do you have a, just to get an idea, like a, a number of like a, amount of garments created and um, maybe do you have a way to gauge how many of the, those garments are actually being used by? Yeah, so we have right now in the studio is uh, invitation only, so it's mm -hmm. not everybody can, can actually be part of it. And we have been curating very much the, the attendance and the invitation. So we have now about 2,000 uh, users mm -hmm. that have created items. On average, everybody creates almost close to two items. So that's the amount of the studio right now. And I would say that around 5% have uh, a digital twin at this moment, which means that has a wearing equivalent in, uh, in a world mm. of the creation. What, uh, and that's the, the scalability that we are building as we speak, to allow for every item to have actually a wearing, uh, a wearing activity. So what does that mean? Um, users or participants create, you have 2,000 uh, creators on the Fabricant uh, Studio. And of those, 5% have, uh, have twins, which means that they are, the items that they're, they're created have a version that can be worn by digital, by an avatar and a blockchain-based land. What does it take to, to make these uh, like wearable twins? Is it, is it like a complicated process or like can anyone just like go on and, and make a twin? Yes, it's a good, really good question. It is a manual process hmm. and they are very skilled artists right now that make those translations together with our designers team. Hmm. And that's why for us it's super important to create that uh, technical pipeline to scale them uh, because you're not, a, yeah, we won't be able to scale all of them manually for sure. But that's what our tech team is working on right now. So it's going to be a semi-automated process for some worlds, uh, an automated process for other ones. So uh, it is a challenge, but uh, we are super positive to track it. Mm. And I think it's for us is a service for the creators. You know, we want to, we want to bring the wearing utility. So being part of the fabricant ecosystem means that you can co-create, that you have royalties in your co-creations, but also that you can wear and you have access to uh, learning, what we call the academy module. So it's like it's, it's bigger than just 
it's not an NFT marketplace. It's really, we call it like, you could even say it's an incubator of digital fashion labels. Mm. Right? And we want to create that full service where wearing is, is super important and is uh, one of our top priorities uh, for the coming months. Right. So, so right now it's a pretty manual process, but you're working so that it's it's more automated. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Cool. World of Women and The Fabricant, two female-driven powerhouses within the NFT space, have teamed up to create a new collection. These two communities are seeking to make sure women feel represented and welcome in Web3. So what's this collab all about? And where does Adriana see the future of digital fashion going amid the bear market? To swap crypto, a user has to choose among hundreds of DEXs on multiple networks, all offering different rates and fees. Do you want to avoid that hassle? Swap on OneInch, a DEX aggregator that gets you the best rates than any single DEX. Enjoy the unlimited liquidity across multiple networks and top-level security. Try OneInch now. Yes, I love it. So we are creating the World of Women 3D collection, or fashion collection. And we worked uh, with Fiona and the team to translate her like uh, neckline PFPs into true head-to-toe garments in 3D. And uh, we dropped them into the owners of World of Women. So every single owner got the equivalent of the women that they own. They got the equivalent dress. 27 items. It's like a, a huge collection. And, and what I love is that now we're going to open in the end of June. We're going to open the collection to be co-created by the World of Women holders, the World of Women Galax holders, our community, but also a few female web free communities. And we we both have this very intentional mission to make web free a diverse space. And we wanted to make it like a women campaign where we bring fashion and women into web free. So we went deliberately to invite other female projects to, to join forces and, and create fashion with her. So I'm super excited about that angle. The other angle that I'm super excited about the collaboration is, is the fact that to me, this is the next level of PFP projects, right? To me, PFP projects, which are really like the, the, the blue ship ones, not a PFP anymore. They are brands. They are lifestyle brands. And I just love the idea of enable them to create digital fashion to be like that platform where world of women is extending their brand into digital fashion and you can wear world of women in the metaverse right and i think that's that's super cool that's just buy a label of a fashion brand like maybe you buy i don't know balenciaga or gucci or nike and you're actually going to say i'm buying world of women and i think that is in in disrupting the system is super powerful because what I believe the big disruption that it, this is bringing is that it's not about the big brands anymore, right? It is about curating these labels from communities that love the labels, that love the, love the brands. World of Women is a love brand to me. So the holders love it. They want to wear it because they believe in the community. And the, the way we enable that to happen, I, yeah, I'm super proud of the team. I'm super proud of the World of Women team as well to trust us. But I see this as uh, the next platform for lifestyle brands, web-free lifestyle brands. That's so interesting. A couple of things to, to, to clarify. Okay, so in with this collection, all World of Women NFT holders got uh, their own dress to go with their, with their PFP. And from there, you said that 
<clears throat> the Fabricant Studio will be open to that community. So that means that if I got a dress for, for my World of Women NFT, I'll be able to go and, and modify it and just create on top of it and, and make it so that it's with like my personality, say. Yeah. And then, then would I be able to make this uh, World of Women PFP plus her dress my like virtual reality avatar and just be that on like Decentraland? Yeah, ultimately, yes. And I'll be saying ultimately, yes. Mm-hmm. So we are first doing what we call the, the 27 originals. We call them the originals, non-modified. Those we are actually creating the sandbox twins. And also we're creating the central end twins. So those are going to be available. And as I said, we're working on our pipeline to enable that every single item that is modified is also available in a wearable form before the end of the year. We're also having a partnership with Red Plenty and Spatial. So some of the items are also going to be available in Spatial, which is really cool because you can actually almost recreate the same avatar in 3D through the Spatial uh, kit. Uh, so you can actually truly also dress and create and customize your own self in 3D using the World of Human Collection. That's so cool. And I also wanted to dig a bit deeper on what you said about NFT collections being uh, the new lifestyle brands. How do you think that will kind of evolve uh, in in the future? Is it will, will things like World of Women and Board Apes uh, replace? major brands like Louis Vuitton and, and, and Gucci, will, will these new blockchain-based brands be the, the new kind of like status symbols going forward? I think in a way they already are for the, the web free community. If you have an ape on your profile, mm-hmm. this is actually is a bigger lifestyle than anything else, uh, a lifestyle statement. And again, as we move into this free engagement, you also want to dress yourself uh, and you want to create your avatar and get dressed and i think the greatest uh, disruption that there is is that the level of affinity that i have with a web free community is much bigger than the level of affinity i'm having with a fashion brand and it has to do with uh, values it has to do with not being treated as a consumer but being treated as a, as a contributor as a participant mm. Right, the fact that these communities have tokens allow me to vote, the value flows back into me as a community owner, which doesn't happen right now with fashion brands. Mm. Yeah, it's it, it eternally is already happening. Uh, it's it's been fascinating to see, and I really like this vision of uh, PFPs extending into just like full blown personas, online avatars with their wardrobes. I think that's that's a really cool totally. uh, vision for that. Totally. What what role? some of them? Yeah, go ahead. Some of them will get. I, I think some of them will also have their own worlds. But again, that mm-hmm. that level of identity, and uh, will be for PFP projects. But I think also for some artists that are in the space. Mm-hmm. I think uh, music is another one that uh, has a very strong friendship base that was always limited to a transactional relationship, and in Web three can evolve into something much bigger, where you give value to your fans. And you already start seeing it as well with, with music artists. Um, but I see that any entity, person, community that has a strong love and a strong group of lovers of, of your philosophy will have their own digital label that you're going to be wearing in the metaverse to show who you belong to. 
or which tribe you belong to. Fascinating. What role do traditional brands have in all this? I know there have been so many announcements about Nike and I don't know, Prada and like other like huge brands uh, getting involved in, with, with NFTs and creating their own collections, Gucci as well. And I don't know, m many yeah. others. I think everyone's trying to get on top of things. What role will, will they have? Yeah, I think, first of all, I, I welcome the try. I think it's, it's better to try than to deny. However, what I do see is the kind of, it's still treated as, as another revenue source, as a kind of, we can make big money with it rather than really embracing that change of relationship. I still see brands coming in and saying, oh, these are my consumers and I'm going to give them something different or it's a marketing trick rather than truly seeing this a community and these are not consumers anymore. They are shareholders of your enterprise. They are participants of your idea. They are co-creators of your clothes. And I don't see any of the brands adopting that uh, attitude mm. right yet. Mm -hmm. and, and I think if anything, Nike was smart to actually acknowledge that they have a business model that is about physical and they bought artifacts to learn and, uh, and have a playground, which doesn't need to follow the Nike rules, but can start infusing the, those dynamics, hopefully back into their core business. Yeah, but apart from that, I think everybody's coming with a very short-term game attitude. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think in general, that's what we've seen Like the way that Web2 is interacting with Web3 is not really adopting kind of the 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 core of uh, of the space into their practices, but trying to fit the old ways into the, the new ways in a way that's not very organic. So I I I believe that in 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 Web3 it'll be Web3 native uh, projects and communities the ones that really succeed. Uh, I don't think it'll come from from Web 2 because it's it's just like a just like a different model. Like all these huge brands would have to change their their entire business model to adapt, and I don't think they'll do that. I agree, and 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 I understand it as well. Mm -hmm. Even in the scale of things, a company that makes billions in revenue and Adidas, if they do a million drop, that that it's not a lot of money. It's it's to change an entire company. Mm -hmm. And to go through all the hassle that it is, which set up a completely new model of operating for probably less than 1% of the revenue, it's really hard, right? Yeah. Why would they buy into that? And I think that is where startups and small business always have this disruptive nature because we eat from, we eat from the outsides, right? Before, and before they know, a big part of the business is eroding into a new direction. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to happen when they wake up is because a big part of their business will have gone to labels that are catering to a much more, I think, a friendship rewarded distribution model. And then they will need to jump into it. And I'm afraid it's going to be too late. Yeah, I agree. And then to, to start wrapping up, I think we have to address the, the state of the market. Things have shifted dramatically from last year. And it, it seems like we're decidedly in a crypto bear market now. Everything has sold off. The macro environment is very bleak. So how, how does that change? Or how ha have you seen attitudes change towards the metaverse, which used to be such a big hype word? Now, I, I'm not sure if like people are as excited uh, about learning and experimenting as, as they were 
before? Like, have, have you seen a, a decline in, in interest or in people uh, wanting to create? And like, how do you prepare for a prolonged bear market? Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that there is a decline. I think if anything, it's, good to be, it's a good resettling of playing field. And I think it challenges projects to be more serious and be more solid and have true roadmaps and true intent. So I welcome the phase we are in. For us, it's, it's actually great because in a way, it takes a bit the pressure off to ship stuff to the market. We can mm. really concentrate on building. Uh, so for us, it, it's, it's perfect. And we are, we are just in a very fortunate uh, position to have done our Series A, have great investors behind the fabricant that actually invest in us, knowing that we are building something for the long term of a really disruptive nature, but of a great opportunity. So we have quite a long period uh, of allowance for that build, and uh, which would be with, with without bear market would still be the agenda for us. And I think if anything, it's a good thing. For the mm. entire ecosystem. Yeah, it's it's what I'm I'm hearing. It's like a bear market is a great time to build. Uh, it takes the pressure off, takes the the hype away, the fluff <laughs> away from from the market. Great. And then to finish, uh, Adriana, what makes you defiant? Oh, I didn't expect that question. Although I always <laughs> listen to your podcast, <laughs> I think it's uh, not giving up on the dream. Mm. Really, in 2018, I can tell you, Camilo, we would go to meetings and people would call us lunatics. We were last week in a, in a meeting in London with the high fashion industry, and we, would, we were called socialists. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because we were with the very high end, and uh, their model is based on exclusivity. Mm. And we were saying, actually, anybody can be a creator. And we are about giving value back to the community and equalizing the playing field. And for a few brands that have been built on exclusivity of very high prices, and actually that's my model, that feels like, yeah, in their words, socialist. Or, uh, yeah, you can't drink champagne in the metaverse. <laughs> we, we, we seriously heard that. I love it. The more, the more I hear it, the more I love it. Mm-hmm. Like this, this whole thing about partnering with World of Women is also driven by that kind of non-conformist the nature of it's full of white mayo in this web free. Come on, we need to change it. Let's do something to shake it up. So we are con- as a team, we're continuing looking at let's do something to shake it up. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and yeah, that's web free pump, I think, in nature of the fabricant that we want to keep. Amazing. Yeah, I think that's that's a great message uh, to end. Never giving up on the dream. Uh, being non-conformist and maybe you can't drink champagne on the metaverse but you can rock an absolutely amazing avatar that that is already the new status symbol of the web so Adriana this was a fascinating conversation thank you so much for joining me thank you so much Camila for the invitation was super nice and I hope to see you wearing the fabric and clothes very soon oh I'd love to definitely (laughs) All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Defiant Podcast. Together, we are taking hold of the world of DeFi and Web3 with the most influential voices in the space. 
Don't forget to subscribe to all our channels, our newsletter, YouTube, social media accounts, and of course, this podcast. See you next week.